Hey there, and welcome to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now, the podcast that's all about helping you navigate the sometimes terrifying and humbling journey of becoming the boss your business needs you to be. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and I've been in the trenches building, recruiting, and HR programs for over 15 years. From hiring to firing and everything in between, I've seen it all. Technically, I have an MBA, but I can say with total confidence that I learned more about scaling teams working in high growth startups for the last seven years. This podcast is not going to bring you corporate red tape or high level theory. It's more like a fireside chat with your friend, you know, the one who always tells you the real hard, honest truth that's sometimes annoying. That's going to be me from time to time. We'll dive into the real talk about what it means to lead, to manage, and to build a team when all of a sudden you look around the room and you're like, oh shit, I'm the one in charge. No BS, just actionable advice and stories from people just like you. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, a newbie boss, or somewhere in the middle, oh shit, I'm the boss now is your go-to source for insights, inspiration, and the occasional, well, hopefully more than occasional aha moment that'll make your journey smoother and more successful. So grab your coffee, your notepad, or just sit back and enjoy the ride because together we're going to tackle the challenges, celebrate the victories, and learn from the mishaps we all make. It's time to step into your role of boss with confidence, grace, and for the love of God, a little bit of humor. Hey, welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Coke, and it's January. So I figured it was a great time to talk about compliance things. If you've been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, you've noticed that's really what we've been talking a lot about. And I know this is not always the most sexy stuff or the fun stuff, but it's honestly the stuff that we see cause the most, I'm not going to say the most issues because that's actually not true. Employee relations and the way people work together probably causes the most issues, but these are the most fixable things that are easy to do right, but get ignored because it's not as boring and they can be the most costly if done wrong. And so I would say this is the stuff that breaks my heart the most when I'm like, no, why didn't you get these basics right when I noticed them? I've mentioned this stuff. I've mentioned wage and hour compliance in many different episodes in many different ways, but I've never really done a deep dive into what it actually means, background on them and things to think about. And so that's what I wanted to do on today's episode was really go more in depth what wage and hour compliance even is what it means, the impacts it can have on your business, and the things that you really need to look out for. So you're in for a treat, promise. This will be important for you to know as a business owner. And I don't want you to learn the hard way because quite honestly, this stuff is the type of stuff that you learn the hard way. You're like, oh, well, I'll find out if I'm not doing it right. But when that happens, it's usually triggered by a big investigation, which can be very time consuming and costly to your business. So there's some things that I would say, sure, don't worry about it until something happens, right? This is not one of those things because it can be very labor intensive to gather all of the information you need should a complaint come to you. And it can be very costly and it's not hard to do right the first time around. Quite honestly, it's really not. You just need to know what it is and have some tips and tricks on how to set things up well. 
And that is what I believe this episode is going to help you do. So let's start with a history lesson and definition lesson of what wage an hour is. And so wage and hour laws or components refer to the different aspects of labor laws that govern how employees are compensated for their work. So that includes minimum wage, basically the lowest hourly wage you as an employer can legally pay somebody, which is defined by the federal government state government, and local laws. So you need to know what those are depending on where the people are doing the work for you. I bring this up a lot now because before remote work, you really just had to know where your business was, right? People were coming into an office in your city and that's the laws you needed to know. But now it's even more complex because you need to know all of the laws based on where employees are doing their work, not just where your business is. So you need to become very familiar and pay attention to where your team, specifically employees, are located because there's different laws that affect that. So this doesn't necessarily apply to contractors, assuming you have true contractors that are classified correctly, which most cases that doesn't often happen. So first it's minimum wage, then there's overtime pay. And that refers to the compensation for hours worked beyond a standard work week. And a work week is defined by federal, state, and local laws as well. So you also need to know what overtime laws are depending on where your employees are doing work. The federal law is anything over 40 hours worked in that week. But there's different states and there's different municipalities. Oh, wow, that is a hard word to say. Different cities and counties that have different laws. For example, in California, overtime is any hours worked over eight hours in a workday. And then double time is triggered any hours worked over 10 hours in a day. But that's not the federal government. That's just California. So you want to be clear on what the overtime pay laws are based on where you have employees and where they are doing their work. There's two more key components as it relates to wage and hour compliance. The third one is record keeping. And you have to maintain accurate records of hours worked and wages paid to employees. So you need to have those records. So that is like clocking in and out. That is pay stubs. Those types of things you have to have for record keeping purposes, which a lot of small businesses don't do. And then the last piece is child labor. And that is regulations that limit the types of jobs and hours worked by minors. I don't know that a lot of people listening to the show will run into that, but you might. And you need to know that there's certain rules that are in place for child labor. And so the main law that affects all four of those things, minimum wage, overtime pay, record keeping, and child labor, here in the U.S. anyways, is the Fair Labor Standards Act. And this is a federal law, and it sets the standards for all of those things that we just discussed. And it's super important that you know these things that are specific to you federally and state so that you can avoid legal penalties and make sure that you're treating people well. And really, these laws were put into place, and as with a lot of laws, they're met with the best of intentions, right? I have an employment lawyer friend in California, and she says, 
laws are made with the best of intentions, but there's no thought put into like the applicability of them. I don't know if that's true for fair labor standard, but it is pretty true for a lot of other laws that go into effect, especially in California. But the creation of the Fair Labor Standards Act, it was passed in 1938 by Roosevelt and it was a national minimum wage and it was originally set at 25 cents an hour. Isn't that insane if you think about back then? And back then it was passed to really with the intention and the goal of creating more fair labor standards and to stabilize the economy by redistributing income towards lower wage workers. The legislation was actually a response to the Great Depression where many workers suffered from very low wages and very poor working conditions. And so it helped bolster wage workers' income and decrease income inequality. And of course, the long-term impacts of that has changed over time. So I think while experts would say that the Fair Labor Standards Act initially helped improve worker conditions, its effectiveness in maintaining economic equality has fluctuated, especially because I'm sure even now you're hearing it all the time that minimum wage has not kept up with inflation or just like the cost of living. And so most of the time people are not able to sustain a livable wage and stuff off of minimum wage. So this episode is not really for me to share my opinions on whether or not I think minimum wage is effective or not, but it's more just so that as a business owner, why it was put in place and the laws that you have to follow. So I thought a little history lesson could be helpful for you for understanding where these come from and the fact that they exist. Now that you know that the Fair Labor Standards exists, you need to know what to look for your business. And I also wanted to go over some of the mistakes that small businesses typically make as it relates to these things. So there's legal consequences for non-compliance. Mostly the legal consequences is really just a fine or a fee. Most of the time, I don't even know if you could get like criminal charges by any means, but definitely fees and penalties. And then also it can affect other things like your reputation, things like that, if you're not following some of these laws. And some of the biggest mistakes that small businesses make without realizing it, because you often just start paying people, you don't really pay attention to whether or not you have to track hours or anything like that. Most of the mistakes that we see are very much unintentional mistakes. Nobody sets out to violate these things. You just don't really realize that they exist. And so some of the most common things that we've seen, and even just working with clients, is that small businesses often make errors like rounding work time down. So you round to the nearest like 15 minute increment to make it easier for payroll purposes. But if you're rounding down, that is a violation because they're not being paid for every minute that they worked. Or another violation is paying your employees based on their work schedule instead of the actual hours worked. So what that means is you scheduled somebody to work an eight-hour shift. They actually worked eight hours and seven minutes, but you're only paying them for what you scheduled them for when really they need to be paid for what they actually worked. And people will be like, I told them they have to be done at XYZ. Then you have to actually manage them to make sure that they're leaving or clocking out at that time. You can't just manage them by not paying them for what they've worked. That is a violation that will come back to bite you in the ass. So you need to make sure that you have a way of tracking time people worked, clock in and clock out, 
not just based on their schedule. If you find an issue where people are not following it, then you have to manage them on that and have the conversation, not just not pay them. Another issue that has been seen is people working off the clock. They're like, okay, I'll just do this quick and I won't clock in. That seems fine until it's not fine. And so you really need to manage your team members not working off the clock. And you're like, this doesn't matter if it's a salary employee. You're right, it doesn't. But this really affects the non-exempt or the hourly employees. And so you need to make sure that you're tracking those hours. Now, where it does affect the salary employees is if you're not classifying them correctly. So if they actually should be an hourly employee and not a salaried employee, and you're trying to skirt around these issues, which is a common thing that people do, is they don't want to have to track hours or pay overtime. So they just pay somebody a salary when really their job should be an hourly. So that is another mistake that probably is a little bit more intentional than unintentional. I already mentioned this, but working outside of regular hours, a common mistake is if somebody's answering the phone or working on their computer before or after a shift and they're not clocked in, that is a violation. Another one is not calculating overtime correctly. And a lot of times that's like a mistake. If you're just like not tracking their hours worked or you're not paying the overtime correctly, whether it's daily, Sometimes it's a daily overtime rate. Sometimes it's an any hours over 40. It just depends on the state that you're in and city that you're located in. So you've got to research those so that you know what they are. And then the misclassification issue. And I alluded to it a couple minutes ago, but basically that is where you classify employees as exempt or as an independent contractor when they actually should be a non-exempt hourly employee. I have done a lot of podcast episodes on that, which I'm not going to go into all of the details here, but go back and listen to episodes that have exempt versus non-exempt, salary versus non-salary. I go into detail on how to make that judgment call if somebody is classified correctly. A good rule of thumb that I've been given by employment attorney friends is that everybody is considered an hourly employee until proven otherwise, which people don't want to hear, but it is a good rule of thumb. And so these don't seem like they're a big deal because you're like, oh, well, I'll worry about it when somebody brings it up. But that's often way too late because what catches you is an unhappy employee who files a complaint against you and it triggers a big investigation into how you're managing clocking in and out, how you're not. Are you putting stuff on pay stubs? Just wanted to take a minute and remind you that having your people operations and systems rock solid early on will not only save you money and resources, but will help you build a thriving and highly effective team much quicker. And guess what? We've got your back. My company, People Principles, has an incredible toolkit shop where you'll find everything you need to get your team on the right track. And more importantly, get all of your team operations and people operations on the right track. From hiring your dream team to navigating those tougher moments like terminations, we've got the resources that'll make it all easier. With our toolkits, you can dive right in and start implementing best practices today. You get straightforward and actionable tools, tips, and the templates to implement immediately. So head over to our website, peopleprinciples.co forward slash toolkits and check out all the toolkits today. Stop the endless Google searches and chat GPT promptings and get the tools you need built by us, HR experts. 
in some states, you actually are required to put the hours that somebody's working and their pay rate, as well as any paid sick leave that they have available. There are some rules to what you have to have on pay stubs. So you want to look into that too, because if you're not and somebody files a claim against you and they start to research all of these things, those are all going to be fines that add up and they add up really quickly. And there's no way to fix it once an issue's been brought up. So you want to catch the stuff before there's an issue. These are the things that you really do want to catch before, not after. You don't want to wait until it's too late for wage and hour things. So I wanted to go over, if you are found to be out of compliance, what types of penalties or issues you can run into? Because I'm sure you've heard examples or stories of people that have run into issues in their business. But there's really, let's see, one, two, three, four, mostly four financial implications and then a couple others. So one would be back wages. So if you are found to be in violation, you might be required to go back and pay wages owed to the employee due to not being paid correctly. So for example, if you are classifying somebody as a salaried exempt employee, meaning they're not eligible for overtime, and it is found that they actually should have been eligible for overtime this whole time, you're going to have to go back and try to figure out and come to an agreement on how much overtime the person's worked since they've been with you. So that could be three years. You're like, oh my gosh, this week, did they work overtime? Like You're going to have to go back and take your best guess. And my hunch would be you weren't actually tracking hours. So it's probably going to be over what you think they worked, right? It's going to probably benefit that person. And so that could go back. I don't know what the look back period is, but let's say three years. Like you might have to go back and look back three years and back pay them for overtime that they worked. And you don't know, there might be some employees who are keeping track of their own hours for things like this. I've seen this happen. Now, I don't think the majority of employees are malicious, but I will tell you I've seen some that are. So if an employee knows that they're not being classified correctly, they might be keeping track of their own hours and you're not. So when they file this claim, they might actually have all of these records and you don't. And so that is how impactful back wages could be. Or so that's just overtime. If you're not giving people the proper meals and rest breaks, which I didn't even talk about, that is another thing you need to look up is meals and rest breaks, which if you just Google wage an hour, meals and rest breaks will show up, but you might have to pay people for the breaks that they took. It can be very costly depending, especially on how many employees you have, right? So if you're found to be out of compliance with one employee, it's not just that one employee that usually gets rewarded the back pain damages. It's all of the employees classified in the same job or the same way. So that's back wages. Fines and penalties is the second one. And the Department of Labor can impose different fines for violations. And they could be so many different things. It could be per issue, could be a variety of different things. So you could be owed back pages and fines and penalties too. And then in some cases, there might be damages. They might be, the employee might be found to be eligible for liquidated damages, which can amount up to twice the unpaid wages. So crazy. And then legal fees. If it goes to court, you're going to have to pay legal fees and court costs, all for not doing these simple things right from the beginning. So it's so easy to do these things right. You just have to put some time and intention to figure them out. 
And then I'm going to say this is pretty rare, but there are some cases is if it can be proven that you did this like intentionally and willfully violated these laws, you might be brought with criminal charges. I think the majority of the people listening to the show, if you're listening to the show, you're not willfully probably doing anything like that. But just know that could be the case. I feel pretty confident that you're not, but it is possible in some very unique and severe cases. And then of course, if you're a big company found to be out of compliance with this stuff, it can lead to negative publicity. It can damage your reputation, which of course can affect your ability to hire great talent, get new clients, all of that stuff. You've seen, you know, at least I have, because I pay attention to this stuff, cases that you're like, oof, I can't believe they didn't do this or they didn't do that. For those big companies that should know better, that is when it really can affect your reputation. But for you as a small business owner, you should be worried about legal fees, fines and penalties, and back wages, because that can add up to thousands of dollars. I know examples of companies that have had to go out of business because of the amount of money they have to pay for these fines just puts them out of business. And I don't want that to be you, which is why I'm doing a whole episode on what could be considered a boring topic because it's so important. And I don't want that to be you. And so the best practices for doing this are actually really simple. Look up the rules for where you have employees and make sure you're following them. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's really, you know, go to Google and type in or go to ChatGPT. And now if you do ChatGPT, you want to trust and verify, but just type in wage and hour laws in the city of Phoenix, in Minnesota, in New Jersey, and start to read about them. Now you might be confused about them. In all honesty, I feel like this is stuff you can do on your own. You can read through what the requirements are. Most of the time, most of the states have a pretty good employer-facing website that explains those things. So go and look at them and make sure you're clear on them. And then make sure that you're setting up policies that adhere to them. So make sure that your team is taking rest breaks that are required. Make sure that they are clocking in and out. Make sure that you and your managers are double checking that people are clocking in and clocking out at the right time and have the conversation with your teams if they're not. So if somebody is not clocking in or clocking out correctly, have the conversation. Set the rules that they have to do it. We used to do this all the time at Lululemon because we had a lot of hourly employees at the store. And they would work after outside of work hours because some of them were like doing something extra, whether it was like planning a yoga event out in the community or something like that. And we would see that they were working on it and they weren't clocking in. And we would have to have the conversation. Hey, I saw you were emailing about this and you weren't clocked in. You have to clock in for those hours. And if it happened routinely, we would actually have a corrective action about it and be like, I have told you multiple times you have to do this during your work hours and you're not. Like the next time you fail to do this, this is what's going to happen. It is not fun to have those conversations, but it's far better to have those conversations than to not. So make sure that you're setting up policies and literally paying attention to these things. And quite honestly, implement a technology to help with clocking in and clocking out. If you are somebody that has hourly employees clocking in and clocking out, use a time management tool like Gusto or Rippling for time cards. Then talk to payroll 
And so it's so easy and simple for your teams then to be paid the hours correctly. You might have a scheduling tool. Make sure that it does have clock in and clock out capabilities and make sure you're giving your employees pay stubs every single pay period. If you have an accountant processing your payroll, sometimes they don't do that. You've got to make sure that you're giving your team pay stubs that clearly show the hours that they worked, what they're being paid for, an overtime rate, a regular rate, all of that stuff should be on pay stubs. And then make sure that you are classifying your employees correctly. Make sure that if you are paying somebody salaried and exempt from overtime, you can clearly explain that you have a case for why it meets the requirements. And if you're not sure what that is, go back and listen to the podcast episode about it. But if you don't want to go back and listen to the podcast episode about it, look up salary exemptions and you'll be able to get the five different exemptions that a a job could qualify for. Those are what to do to stay in compliance. It sounds very annoying and it might be, but trust me, I have worked in one, two, three companies now that have found themselves in this violation. It's not fun. It's not fun to be the one going through collecting all the data. It's not fun. So just set it up right from the beginning. Don't let this be something you wait to figure out once something happens. And so I already mentioned where to find this information, but honestly, you can go to Google, you can go to ChatGPT, look up wage and hour laws in XYZ state, I would always cross-reference whatever ChatGPT tells you with a state website. Specifically, make sure that it's the same. You can also reach out to an employment attorney or an HR professional who will know these things. And then, of course, we have our stuff over at People Principles as well. We have our risk assessment, and this is stuff that we go over when we do your risk assessment. And then we also do have our HR on demand where you can have access to us anytime you have questions. And we have clients in there asking us questions about this stuff every day, and we're helping them work through it. So there's a lot of resources out there. Just don't let this be something you put off. And I probably made it seem a lot worse than it is. I think the consequences of not doing it well are pretty bad, but it's actually pretty simple to do. You just got to put a little intention to it. So that is a full rundown of wage and hour compliance. I hope I didn't bore you to death. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk with you again soon. All right, folks, that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that you found our discussion valuable and insightful and you are inspired to go out and be a good boss. Just wanted to take a second to remind you that staying compliant with all HR and legal stuff is crucial for your business's success. And if you're wondering about your HR compliance or want to make sure that you're implementing some best practices, I got something for you. If you go over to my company's website, peopleprinciples.co, there is a free compliance and best practices checklist waiting for you. It's right on the homepage. And it's like having a mini HR audit at your fingertips. It's literally what we do with our clients when we start working with them. So go ahead and check it out. You won't regret it. You're going to learn a lot of stuff about what you can do better and what you can fix and what you can start to implement. So head over there and get your checklist. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.